welcome to Fantasy Island Fantasy Football Edition Week 14. That's right. It's the three of us here back at it again. We're in the segment of he did what, what the fuck, who the fuck. You guys ready to get the fuck going? What's going on, guys? How you doing? Big weekend in football. A lot of stuff cracking. Ready or a lot of people getting cracked. Yeah. No, my, no. my fantasy team got cracked a little yeah, bit. Yeah, he's wiggling a little bit, you know. Fucking, how are you doing, Bombo, in your leagues? Are you doing good? I'm sneaking by right now. I'm sneaking by. I think I had all my had all my big wins earlier to to get me in position. Now I'm trying to go in hot. Yeah, well, that's that's how you do it, man. You got to get that trending up guy. You got to get those guys on the waiver wire that'll give you that little boost because your guy's taking a shit. You know, you shouldn't trade it away. Your backup quarterback T. But that's just what I'm I'm thinking, man. Because I don't know if you looked at his end of the year matchup in the fantasy playoffs. I mean, anyway, but. Psh, Oof. Anyway, all right. <laughs> all right, guys. So we're going to go ahead and get started today. A big weekend in football. A lot of stuff cracking, too. Some news going on. We'll probably catch on that a little bit at the end. But, I mean, we're going to talk about the he did what, man. These are basically our Sunday studs, man. These are the guys who are just basically talking about they just blew up. They just went off. They, they <laughs> like I said, man, some of these guys are, are supposed to do this every week. They haven't shown up for a while, so they should have might have been on the who the fucks, you know, segment. But I think we're going to go ahead and start this off. I'm going to kick it off, Bombo. Who is your first he did what for week 13? My he did what? My Sunday stud. I'm going to have to take it to Las Vegas to Devontae Adams at 37.7 PPR points, depending on your scoring. It's somewhere hovering around there. Eight catches, 177 yards, and two touchdowns. Devontae Adams looked unguardable. We were expecting a shootout with the Chargers. And when it really comes down to it, there's just no there's no real answer for Devontae Adams. And, and you spoke on it earlier, King, on the intro. We're expecting Devontae Adams to do this every week. It's And now it's looking more like, you know, what's really going on on the weeks when he doesn't do this? What really surprises me, though, about Las Vegas as a whole and from a fantasy perspective is Devontae Adams is statistically having better numbers and fantasy numbers than he did last year with Aaron Rodgers. But somehow Derek Carr's numbers are exactly the same that they've been for like the past three years. So I know that we were all really high on Derek Carr during the divisionals as far as him taking that next step up and as far as fantasy quarterback tiers. But it just seems like maybe Derek Carr is a you know, 18 to 20 fantasy point game guy going forward. Meanwhile, he can support fantasy studs. He's done it with Waller. He's doing it with Devontae Adams right now. I expect Devontae Adams, you know, I mean, you're not setting him anyway, but Devontae Adams as a set it and forget it, wide receiver one, matchup proof guy going forward with bigger games like this to come as Josh McDaniel starts to un, un, smooth out some more wrinkles in that offense. So, yeah, Devontae Adams, Sunday stud. Let, let me let me ask you this though, Bombo. Okay, so think about it, right? There's only so many offensive snaps per game, right? So if say Devontae Adams gets eight catches but gets like 14 targets, because he gets a lot of targets, and a lot of them almost seem like throwaways sometimes, like they just don't even try to complete the ball to him because he's too covered, and the the play just breaks down, so Carr just throws it over his head or something. And the way Josh Jacobs has been running the ball. Do you think that that the the way Josh Jacobs is running is attributing to a that the, no other receivers are getting any kind of yardage or any kind of stats or there's anybody else you know Max Hollins anybody Foster Moreau can't get anything going? Do you think that that's contributing to that and also contributing to Derek Carr's numbers being so low because Josh Jacobs is running so good? 
So I, Josh Jacobs really blowing up right now in the offense is opening up the play action game. It's also bringing one, at least one safety down into the box. And what's really helping out Devontae Adams is Derek Carr is just throwing it in the direction of Devontae Adams and letting Devontae Adams do the rest. There's some catches that he's making that aren't necessarily really good throws. They're just they're just in a spot where Devontae Adams can outmaneuver the corner or outmaneuver that safety to get the ball. I don't think Derek Carr has that same faith in Foster Moreau, Matt Collins, and all these other guys. So he's going to take a more conservative approach throwing and targeting those guys. Whereas, like you said, sometimes it looks like he's just throwing it over his head. That's Derek Carr's knock though, right? Too conservative. He's not taking Mm -hmm. that chance and he's proving it. He's got to go out and just fucking throw his nuts out there. Throw to these other guys. You know, I know it's not Waller like, you know, you were saying. and But man, I mean, it just seems like their offense could do so much more. I mean, I agree with you, Bombo. It's, you know, I mean, can imagine if it, this thing would just like click on all cylinders, what kind of stats Devontae Adams would have. Yeah. Right? I mean, week in, week out. Yep. So. And, you know, Derek Carr bleeds silver and black. This guy's a Raider through and through, cries at press conferences. So, you know, he hears the critics. And this guy is a franchise quarterback, not into not in terms of how we like to think of this guy's leading people to, to championships, but he has the faith of the franchise behind him. And every year he's in trade rumors, fans want him gone. So I can understand him not wanting to have a three-pick game and, and take his chances at those coconuts out there because he'll just get raked over the coals in the Raiders media and fry all the fans. Yeah, I think I he mean, only feels safe with Devontae Adams. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I get all that, but and that's why he's never going to succeed. That's why he'll never win a Super Bowl because he's just he's too conservative. You know what I mean? If that's if that's a, and that's a good analogy, it's a good way to put it. He's afraid of, of failing like that. If you're afraid to fail, you're never going to succeed greatly. So remember that. I think Socrates or one of those motherfuckers said that. But all right, T, you're up, man. Who was your Sunday stud? Well, week 13, Sunday stud, I'm on Ross St. Brown, 34.6 PPR points or roughly around there, depending on your scoring. I mean, the guy only had 11 catches for 114 yards and two tutties, guys. This is the type of game that we've been wanting from him. Yes, he's been hurt. We understand that. But he's capable of having these types of games. And I think his biggest problem is his quarterback. That's really the only thing holding him back. Goff does shine week to week, and we know that about Goff. He can do that. He was doing it earlier in the year, but he's really kind of leveled out. He's kind of come back down to what we expect from Goff. But last week, week 13, great game, great performance by St. Brown. Loved it. Yeah, T, when it comes to the Detroit Lions, we talked about it in an earlier episode. That's a team that we don't expect to win a lot of games, but we're not surprised when they do win. And if they do put up the game of the year against whatever team they're playing, their defense is definitely the the Achilles heel on, on that team of that organization. I don't think the Lions have ever, since I've been watching a lot of football, King, you could probably, you've been watching double that. Have I ever seen a Detroit Lions dominant defense before? Just not just a dominant not. D. I mean, just a serviceable. I think that's the best level they've ever been at was like average. You know what I mean? They were, I mean, they had a couple players, but they never had like an all around D, you know, and they were just, they would struggle, man. And they're struggling now. But their offense. Wait, wait, a, minute. wait a minute. Hey, wait a minute, guys. King, you're not going to address that. He what? just called you old. He just said you've been watching more football <laughs> old, than us because you're old. Okay. 
the prop, the bottom line is I've been watching football longer than both you fuckers have been alive. So I don't got no problem <laughs> saying that. You know what I mean? I mean, I used to get, that was punishment for my mom. Get inside, sit there, don't move, watch the whole football game when I'm six years old. All right, sort of started getting into it. That was when the Miami Dolphins won the Super Bowl, 1972. I was six years old, watched every Miami Dolphin game. Just saying. One do the math, things. fans. Do the math. And, yeah. And you still ended up a Bears fan. Yeah, Walter Payton. You know, when I was old enough My to sweetness. fucking take for myself, you know what I mean? One of those things. But going back to Amon Ra, guys, and you know, we're off target here a little bit, but I mean, it, is it really the quarterback or was it his injury or was it both? He had in the last seven games prior to the last two. So in nine games, the last two games, he's got three touchdowns. Before that, he went seven games without a touchdown. He can't do that if he wants to be a relevant guy and especially a relevant number one receiver in the league. Forget fantasy. You know, just talk being, you know, a number one guy. And I think that's sort of why they think Jamison Williams is going to help out there because they think he's going to be the number one guy. Amon Raza, number two, he's like a Christian Kirk. He's going to have those flash games, man. And those huge games. But you know what? He really needs someone else on the other side to take that double team away from him for him to shine consistently. Because when he gets fucking bracket coverage, guys, he doesn't do well. And some of these game plans took it away from him. So, like I said, man, I think he could be on the who the fuck list, too. You know what I mean? I'm just throwing that out because that fucker ain't been around for a while. And I got him in a couple leagues, but... All right, we're going to go into really one point, though. What is that? So that's a really good point because of the fact that he's only had four games over 100 yards receiving all year in 13 games. So that means he's been quiet for nine of them. It, it's just, yeah. I mean, he could be on the who the fuck list. You're absolutely right. You know, and I think a lot of it was his injury. And I think his injury was a lot worse than he thought. And the way that he has to play, he has to be healthy enough to really push off on his ankles. And when his ankles fucked up, he's just done. You know, so hopefully it was just his health and we just see him, you know, blow up again at the end of the playoffs and be the number one guy in the playoffs because I got him in a lot of leagues. So I'm hoping, just hoping, just saying. But I'm going to go ahead and throw out a Sunday stud out here. It is A.J. Brown, another guy who might be on the who the fuck list because this guy just fucking doesn't do it consistently either. But he went off. Amon Ra and him basically were just the number two and three guys, I believe. I'm, I'm not sure who the number one guy, but I saw that stat, but I'm throwing that out there. A.J. Brown went off for 31.9 PPR points. He went off against his old team. It was expected. They overfed him the ball. Probably had like 12 targets on eight catches. 119 yards and two tutties and one of them there was a guy basically the ball went in between the both of them and stuck in between their chest and aj brown pulled it out so aj brown was piped for that game it's the way he always does it he he gets up for big games and i think that you know because of that game some repercussions happened in tennessee i think they realized their gm made a huge mistake and they fucking launched his ass after that game so thank you for that aj brown I'm sure Tennessee Titan fans are really pleased now. You know what I mean? But he he stuck it to them. And that was at their place. I'm sure he went out to eat downtown somewhere and fucking rented the whole restaurant and fucking had a big old fucking party. But A.J. Brown was my Sunday stud. Keep it going, A.J. Brown, because I got you in a couple leagues as well. You know, it's it's really funny, too, that you say that because 
Bombo likes to say that, you know, oh, this is the revenge game. This is the revenge game. This truly was a revenge game. And we saw it in full display week 13. I mean, he just took it to the entire team. They were, they couldn't guard him. The guy was just unguardable and just kind of proved to them. And then with the Philly fans taunting the owner's box and, you know, flipping off the owners and the, the GM was in the box, just staring at everybody, flipping him off. It was crazy. Yeah, Philly travels well, and their fans are ridiculously obnoxious. So yeah, they it's par for the course for those fucking guys. You know what I mean? They're, they're he's lucky they got off with that. You know, but you know, guys. Before we get into our next topic, I, I think one thing I want to talk about to you guys, and I want to get your opinion. And I know you guys either saw the game or saw the highlights or read up on the game. But Deshaun Watson came back this week, and we we're just talking about revenge games and. I want to know your take on what happened and sort of just like a, I mean, obviously Cleveland's defense went off. They had three defensive touchdowns, but I'm just curious of what you guys thought of Deshaun Watson and what he's going to be going forward. Cause I'm not sure if we're going to touch on that the rest of the show. And I want to make sure we touch on that for a lot of fantasy folks. Bombo, you hit it off first. Just talking to Deshaun Watson here, bro. Is this guy going to be able to get back on track and be fantasy relevant at all this year? Well, when it comes to Deshaun Watson, we have to, you got to think about just in your everyday life, what has changed from January 21st, 2020 to or 2020, yeah, 2020 to last Sunday. That's the last time he took a meaningful snap in the NFL. Yeah, we saw him kind of shit the bed during preseason and the few snaps that he did. We haven't got any footage of him lighting anybody up in practice and to be honest, you know, ESPN and all of the major sports outlets didn't really cover any of the reaction on what was going on with that Texans-Browns game because it didn't go the way that, according to the to the to how it's booked and how it's scripted, right? It was either supposed to be Deshaun Watson goes in there, throws for four touchdowns, runs all over these guys, blows up, makes Texans, makes Texans fans cry home, or Texans play, you know, revenge ball, light up Deshaun Watson, pull out a, an ugly win. Deshaun Watson has a stinker, but they actually met somewhere in the middle. Deshaun Watson had a stinker and the Browns somehow still blew out the Texans. Like you were saying, punt return, touchdown, fumble return for a touchdown, pick to the house, all these things that went down that kind of just made everything a wash and just kind of made, you know, there was no story behind this game. Now, what's interesting is there's going to be a story behind the next game because this week is Deshaun Watson at home. And you know, Cleveland Browns fans, they're sick of, I mean, if I was a Browns fan, I'd be sick of it. I'd be sick of all the quarterback turnover. I'd be sick of all the promises and all the potential. You got an offensive line. You got a killer running game. You got some weapons on offense, finally. And I'm not going to lie, you had Jacoby Brissett moving the ball. And now they bring in Deshaun Watson as the $230 million man with all this guaranteed money. And he's going to be here for X amount of years. Well, then what you're going to need to do is show the fans in your home stadium what they should be looking forward to. So I think the pressure is on Deshaun Watson to come out in this home opener for him and really ball out. And it's up to the Browns to make some plays that really utilize what he's about. And if he doesn't get it done against the Bengals at home, then we might have to be thinking Deshaun Watson is washed until proven otherwise. Okay, so basically, the like I was asking, so you do you think 
at all this year, he'll start trending the right way or you're in a week by week thing. You don't even want to go out on a it's, throw your, it's, your coconuts out there. What do you a, think? It's a week by week thing right now. And I would say Deshaun Watson might be the most talented quarterback on the waiver wire by the end of the year, just off of talent. But I don't think, I don't think anyone it's a wait and see with if this past week we, we can, well, I, I think a lot of people picked them up. I don't, I, 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 looked, I, to, I, was I started them. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people like he's on eighty percent of the rosters or something like that. And it goes back to what I'm saying. The last thing we're thinking yeah. about, besides you know anything legal about him, is Deshaun Watson carving defenses up and 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 balling yeah, out. Yeah, no, him you're right. And, no and running and doing all the things you said. No, absolutely, man. And you know I, he he struggled definitely. And what do you think, T? Do you think going forward, Deshaun Watson is going to at least get you know serviceable and be in that? you know, at least be able to be started role by the end of the year. All right. I think everybody just needs to calm down about this guy. We got to remember he hasn't played football in over a year and a half. He looked exactly like a guy who hasn't played football in a year and a half should play. I don't think to answer your question, King, I really don't think he's going to be fantasy relevant for the rest of the year, unless by some miracle or, Maybe just because of the guy is just, you know, gifted and talented, he could potentially towards the end of the season. But I really don't think that the rest of the season that he's going to be fantasy relevant. And I really don't think the team's playing for much right now. So I don't I don't think that it's really out of bounds for them to be starting him. Like Bombo said, Brissett was actually moving the ball. But at the same time, I think that they're not going to do anything this year. So might as well just get the reps for the for Watson, let him get comfortable. So that way he goes into next year starting to feel more kind of in tune with the offense and just get him ready for next year. That's really what it is, guys. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I get it, you know, but is he, I mean, with all the hype that was just like all these guys waiting for him and all the secret stashes and all these things for Deshaun Watson, guys, is, is he going to pay off? You know, I mean. I really don't think so. Yeah, I don't either. I, I just don't think he's going to. And I think he really struggled. You know what I mean? He he struggled and he showed it. He struggled in the in the preseason and he hasn't gotten much better. And I, I hope he does good, you know, because that just sucks if he just, well, maybe not because it's Cleveland's Cleveland. But I'm just saying, I just think that, you know, he, he has to do much better than that to With even... The- with the week 14 bye, which just seems weird, all the teams that are on bye, the only two sig- fantasy significant quarterbacks on bye are Aaron Rodgers and Justin Fields. This would be the only time that if you did have Watson rostered as your backup to those guys that he would be able to be even be started. I don't think you have to – just a smart fantasy manager wouldn't be starting Deshaun Watson going into their playoffs. They would be starting the person that probably got him there. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, but again, there's going to be guys like, what about guys who have Lamar, right? I mean, there's things that are happening and things that happen every week. And that's what we're just trying to talk about for our listeners down the road a little bit here. But I get it, guys. You know, it's it's a tough call and we'll revisit this later on and see maybe how he does next week and do a little Deshaun Watson watch or something. You know what I mean? But I think that's going to wrap up our he did what's for the week. You know, so I think our next segment that we're going to get into is who the fuck. And that's basically these guys that just blow up and they are basically rostered on nobody's team because they haven't done shit all year. And 
I think the two guys we're going to talk about them, I'll break them down, but we're going to talk about Garrett Wilson first. You know, Garrett Wilson went off again. He had eight catches, 162 yards. Bombo, what do you think about Garrett Wilson's performance on the who the fuck? So Garrett Wilson has had wide receiver one top five numbers three times all year. Once with Joe Flacco, twice with Mike White. And that's why we have him on the who the fuck. Because, I mean, unless you're in a deep league, if you were starting Garrett Wilson as your wide receiver two or even in your flex, that's some coconuts. Because, I mean, just his track record... It's more of a show show and prove type thing. Can he prove it? And I think now it's good to say with a competent quarterback, this is a wide receiver, definitely viewed as a wide receiver one for the Jets, at least a flex going forward as long as Mike White's back there or even Joe Flacco, anybody but Zach Wilson. If Zach Wilson's back there, Garrett, Garrett belongs on your bench, possibly a dynasty stash or in a keeper or something like that. I just don't think there was a lot of people that started him just because there was question marks around Mike White. Yeah, he came in against Chicago, did his thing, and Garrett Wilson caught a couple of of really – he caught one touchdown on a broken play. The other touchdown he caught that he was definitely targeted for. But when you see how Mike White and the Jets were playing against Minnesota this past week, they were really trying to get Garrett Wilson the ball. Not only that, but Garrett Wilson was open. A lot of it is Minnesota real shaky defense, but Garrett Wilson was just balling out. He's really got a good grasp on – what he does as far as a receiver, going down deep, going up there, getting the ball, being physical. I think once he polishes up his route running, this guy might be an every week starter. That is, as long as they keep Zach Wilson away from that kid. Absolutely, man. And I mean, it, it, it's just so different when a quarterback makes a difference in, in these guys. And it's just showing how bad Zach Wilson was, you know, and what he wasn't doing for that team. But T, what do you think about that little chime in there a little bit on Garrett Wilson? What do you think going forward? What do you think about what he's been doing? Well, I think there's a reason why he's on the who the fuck is because if you were playing him, it was probably because your starters went down to due to injury, right? You probably had some studs on there and they just couldn't play or they were on a buy or what have you. If you were smart enough to be able to just move him into a flex spot and play him, Hats off to you. Please reach out to us. Let us know that you did that on your own because I just want to be able to follow whatever you're doing because that was just an awesome performance. Now, I will say this to kind of Bombo's point a little bit earlier. He's had three games all year with over 100 yards receiving. But on top of that, he's also had two games where he came really close, 92 against Buffalo and 95 against Chicago. So he has the potential to, you know, blow up and, and be a definitely a game changer for them. And Bombo made a really good point. I really think that this guy is a wide receiver one on the Jets. I don't know about any other team. He'd probably be a wide receiver two on a lot of different teams. But on the Jets, yeah, he's, he's wide receiver one. And to both of your guys' point, the quarterback does make the difference. Look at what's going on with him now. You know, so, yeah, I like what he did. But definitely reason why he's the who the fuck. No, and I think it's to me, it's one of these things where, you know, and we've talked about it with certain other quarterbacks. This guy just likes Garrett Wilson. I mean, Garrett Wilson caught the ball eight times or whatever, but he threw him the ball 15 times. And he's trying to get the ball to him at all points. And that's White Mike. You know, in the last two games of White Mike, he's blown up. And he's scored, he's averaged 25 fantasy points in the last two weeks with White Mike. So I don't think that trend's going to stop. And I think, you know, this guy's just, I think he's probably a, depending on what you got going on in your roster and your team, 
I mean, obviously, if you got studs all around your team, don't drop a stud to put this guy in. You know, and he's got a couple tough matchups coming up. I think he's got Buffalo coming up or whatever else. Which their secondary doesn't look the hottest. You know what I mean? But still, I mean, the guy's definitely doing it, and he's proving it. So, I mean, there's there's all these guys out there that we lost faith in or that were supposed to be hyped at the beginning of the year and because of other situations didn't really do good. Another guy on the who the fuck list is Cam Akers. Cam Akers went off for two touchdowns, 60 yards, and I don't even know who the fucking quarterback was. Who was the guy who went in for one game and now he's broken again? I mean, come on, man. And Cam Akers has his best game of the year. Oh, come on, guys. And, and everyone was talking about Kyron Williams. This was going to be his breakout game. He got a little bit wet the game before. This is his game. They only ran Cam Akers. So Cam Akers, 19 PPR points. Right up there on the top of the running backs this weekend because the, the running backs didn't do shit. But what do you guys think? Cam Akers, sixty yards, two teddies. Let's let's just let's play conspiracy theorists here and let's dig into the soap opera, which is the L.A. Rams this year. So you know, earlier in the year, he was out. Cam Akers was was good as gone. They tried to trade him. They then we got the word that they were actually getting a bunch of good offers and they didn't want to trade him because they got plans for him. Then he came out and straight out said, I just, it's best for us to just not, not be together anymore. So there was the breakup came back. Next thing you know, Daryl Henderson is cut. I mean, just waved gone, no trade, no nothing like that. He's just waved and it makes you think, was the issue Cam Akers probably complaining that he was splitting carries with a guy that he thought maybe he was way better than? That's, I mean, that's the way I'm looking at it where, you know, Cam Akers is probably saying what you always say, King. Hey, I'm one of those guys that needs to get into a rhythm. Give me, give me 15 carries. Don't give me two carries. Take me out. Bring in Daryl Henderson to fall, fall on his stomach a couple of times. Take him out. Bring in. Jake Funk or whoever else they're going to bring in all this. He probably wanted to get into his rhythm. And what we saw this last week was they were giving it to him in a rhythm. He was doing what he had to do and he was making the most out of their horrible offensive line. Cam Akers will do well running really hard with a lot of opportunities, but it's not going to win any real games, but maybe it might win some fantasy games. If you're someone that had the patience to even hold on to him, or if you were smart enough to maybe get him off the waiver wire. But I guarantee you, he's on a lot of waiver wires still. It's it's Cam Akers and it's the Rams. He's on a lot of waiver wires. It is, and Cam Akers is still out there. T, would you take Cam Akers out the waiver wire right now and plug him in? Absolutely not. He is He's out there on 50% of rosters. So, you know, he's a 50-50 guy right now. I will say it's a, it's great to see him actually have a game. But this guy is not consistent. This offense is not consistent. But let's let's kind of go back. He didn't do it last year. Yes, he got hurt. We understand that. He came back early. We understand that. But he just hasn't really turned into that kind of full-time back, that Bell Kell type of back that everybody had hoped that he would be. And I don't know what's going on. I really think that last week's game, week 13, was him signaling for his next team. Because I don't think he wants to be there. I know Sean McVay is over there trying to chest bump him and do all this stuff and, you know, rah, rah. But I think he's playing for his next gig. I think in the offseason, he's going to try to quietly demand a trade and get out of there. So those fantasy owners, depending on where he ends up, I probably wouldn't put too much stock into him this season. That's just me. But I just I don't have a lot of faith in him or this offense or any of this. No, you're right. And it's tough. 
You know, I mean, are they going to tank? Are they going to get rid of guys, sit guys down? Who's going to play week to week? No one even knows on this team. It's just, it's a jigsaw puzzle. You know, no receivers are doing anything. Quarterback's a whole different guy now. They signed your favorite guy, T, Baker Mayfield. Picked him up off the waiver wire today. That was some big news this week. Baker asked for his release and they said, yeah, well, mm. Okay, I got, a, I got a quick question because I know you and I debated in the offseason about Baker, this whole like trade. I kept saying he's a bust. I said he's the same as Sam Darnold as far as, you know, they were top guys and they were busts, all that type of stuff. Now, I was right. I'm being proven right game after game. And now this just kind of put that nail in the coffin for that conversation. But King. You and I both know a guy who is a diehard Rams fan. And I'm curious to know how this guy is handling this because he's big on fantasy. But I want to know what the hell he's saying about, you know, Baker going over there to his team. Because he's a, I mean, this guy bleeds gold and blue. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. But is I he mean, crying? Thing, Do you know? I don't know why they even picked him up. I mean, I guess they just picked him up out of sheer need. You know what I mean? That was it. They just, I mean, Bryce Perkins, that's all they got. I mean, so who was the backup guy who played last week, guys? I can't think of his name. John Walford. Walford. The, 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 the guy Wilshire. who played. Yeah, you're right, exactly. He's the guy who played the playoff game for Goff that year, got hurt in the first series. Goff came in hurt and won the playoff game. And then they Every fucking got rid of Goff the next hurt. year. And now Wolford, he just got back from injury. He played a pretty damn good game, probably the best game the Rams have played in the last five or six. And he's hurt again now after the year. Every game he goes in and he gets hurt. The guy's glass. He's fragile. Yeah, he's done. So, I mean, well, T, I'm sure T will pick Baker up at some point. But all right, guys. Oh, I, mean, I already good. did. I know you did. I think we're going to go to wrap up this segment Hell with that and just make on. sure that T knows he's going to be picking up Baker somewhere. So for Fantasy Island, we are out. (laughs) 